Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And Dustin, that's right. This is our annual now. Because it's two years real. That makes it annual, right? Halloween special. Man, your sound effect budget, Steve, is so good. <laughs> I don't Yeah, no, I try. Th- I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been donating on Anchor to help us with the production of this podcast so we can have these keep sound effects yeah and i don't know where they're coming from but they sound amazing thank you they're like hollywood level man is your computer haunted perchance just james cameron needs to watch out <laughs> that's all i've got to say it's like avatar level here so that's how scary <laughs> these sound effects are so tonight we're mostly just gonna be we have a, a some ghost stories from some people in the group, some people out of the group who wrote it into me with their ghost stories when I requested online. And we're, Are they some ghoulish ghost stories, some Stephen? Some ghoulish ghost stories. Oh, I love that word. Dustin and I are mostly just going to be sharing other people's ghost stories tonight. Um, this is not a regular episode, and uh, I think we have like one one question we're going to slide in there at the end. Mm, good. I love me a good, so, a good question. Dustin... Steven. Do you want to start off? Our very first write-in is Alicia Semrock from our very oh. own Facebook group. Doesn't do oh, you want to read what she wrote into us? I would love to read what Alicia wrote into us, Stephen. So, one of our most famous Canadian ghost stories is the legendary ghost bride of the Banff Springs Hotel, which, might I digress, I would love to visit the Banff Springs Hotel. I don't know if you've seen pictures, Stephen. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. No, Anyways, no, dog. I'm too scared to look at the pictures. There's a ghost bride. The ghost bride is probably you, Stephen, because you're so dang white. <laughs> Anyways, moving on, moving up. There are variations of this story, but according to hotel folklore, there have been several deaths that have occurred within its walls since it first opened in 1888. Just for the listeners out there, that is exactly 100 years before Stephen, no, excuse me, Dustin, the better looking of the two of us, was born. Legend has it is that the young bride was preparing to enter the banquet hall. She was then ascending the upper level marble staircase when her dress caught a fire from a candle. She lost her balance, as most do when lit a flame. <laughs> and fell to her tragic death. Thank you for your editorializing, Dustin. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of bedtime stories to my daughter this week. <laughs> oh, and that's what you do when you're reading a bedtime story to your daughter? You just start throwing in random stuff? Oh, yeah. Anyways, we, we digress. Her ghostly figure is often seen on this staircase, dancing alone in the banquet hall. Best way to dance. Mm, love me a good dance on the staircase. Very safe. So many people have claimed to see this ghost bride over the years that her depiction has even put has even been put onto Canadian collector coins and stamps as part of our nation's haunted history. 
kind of scary when Canada has what's called a haunted history, but neither here nor there. While I don't well, have any personal... Because we send all the ghosts, <laughs> Trump deports all the ghosts to Canada. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to build that ghostly wall. <laughs> too, too much, too far? All right, anyway. all right. While I don't have any personal stories... Alicia is saying this. I've heard many from other people who have stayed there. One of the most recent ones being from some of the guests who attended a wedding with their four-year-old daughter. They were in the banquet hall for the reception when their daughter suddenly started waving in the direction of the staircase. They asked her who she was waving at, to which she replied, the lady in white named Stephen Van Elk. Mm. They looked and couldn't see anyone up there because of Stephen's pearlescent body. <laughs> so white. <laughs> Did I have clothes on? Because you started out like I was wearing white, but now I'm just naked apparently. <laughs> just naked, Stephen. So that is my best haunted wedding story. So Alicia, as you can tell by our narration of the story, the the haunting of the Banff Springs Hotel has been concluded. Stephen visits bi-yearly where he roams the staircase in the nude. Uh, he has a sleepwalking disorder. True. And, All these um, things are true. The way, the way the lights react to Stephen's, shall we call it, silver complexion, uh, tends to give him a ghostly effect. So uh, what we're really saying, Alicia, is if you're there this year on Halloween, if you can maybe just like bring a blanket and throw it over me. So, you know, I'm not naked. A bathrobe. A bathrobe yeah, bathrobe works too. Anything. A pair of slippers. Yeah. Maybe just hate for those feet to get, you know, slip on those marble stairs. Maybe just yell at everybody to look the other way, whatever. Uh, he still probably have a backwards baseball cap on. That's a good giveaway that it's him <laughs> and not an actual ghost. Thank you so much, so. Dustin, for reading Alicia's story. Uh, next up, we're going to throw it over. We have a call-in from Ulysses Del Toro. A call-in? Yeah. Hurry, get the phone. Grab grab the phone, Dustin. Ring, 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 ring. All right, man, this is my haunted story. Or, uh, I don't know, I'm not a big believer in, like, ghosts or anything like that. So this is this is just something that kind of freaked me out. Um, I used to work for a uh, photo studio, um, and we used to photograph high school seniors. And uh, one of the things we used to do is we would go out to the schools and set up our equipment and do, you know, their photos uh, right there and then. So we went out to this school, San Bernardino High School, and also San Bernardino High School is like over a hundred years old. So there's all these, um, all these ghost stories, uh, surrounded, uh, around the school. And, um, so we were supposed to set up in the foyer of like their theater and their theater was already like kind of creepy because everybody was telling all these like different stories about how the school was haunted, how the theater used to be, you know, uh, and it, um, What's it called? One of those uh, psych wards or whatever. And it was weird that the theater itself, it didn't have any door handles on any of the doors. Every door entrance had to be open uh, by key and there was no like handle to open it or anything. So that was kind of weird. 
So we set up in the foyer. Uh, I was there with a bunch of coworkers, and um, they were all telling all these stories that they heard about, like a custodian that died in the theater, or a little girl that fell off the balcony, and. Um, it was already kind of weird. We would go in, and when we would we would be in the foyer, but when we would go into uh, the actual theater, sometimes the lights were on, sometimes they were off. A few times they'd be flickering. Um, one of the custodians came by that had opened it for us, and we asked him about the lights, and he said, "Oh yeah, nobody's in the theater. Like you guys were the only ones that are in here. That's the only entrance that we've opened up." And we asked him about the lights going off and on. And he said he, he thought that was kind of weird because um, nobody else is in the building. So who knows? He could have been messing with us as well. Uh, that didn't really freak me out. In fact, I was kind of like taunting the ghost that they I forgot what they had named the ghost, but they gave the ghost a name. And I was running around yelling its name and and telling him to show himself and appear and all this stuff. And uh, we were kind of exploring the different areas of the foyer and the theater. And I would walk around yelling the name. And um, they kept my coworkers kept telling me to stop messing with the ghost. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna piss off the ghost or whatever. So I said, okay, let's go back in the theater and see if like the lights are on or off. So we went back into the foyer. We went back to the same uh, door we've been going to to go into the theater. And uh, when I went and grabbed. Uh, the door in the foyer did have a handle on it. It was just the outside of the building that had no handles. But I went to grab the door uh, to go into the theater, and when I grabbed it, the door was, uh, it felt locked, like I couldn't open it. Put both hands on it, I was pulling it really hard, and my coworker was like, stop messing around, and you know, just, just go in. And I was like, I can't, the door's, the door's not opening. She put her hand on the door and tried to open it too. She's like, that's weird, like, you can't even lock it from the outside. So I grabbed the door handle one more time with both hands and I went to pull it really hard and when I yanked back, the door flew open. And it freaked me out. And then she grabbed the door handle and also opened it um, with ease. Like there was nothing there holding the door back. Like there was no lock, there's no way it could have been. And and this whole time you just grab the door and open it. There's not, there's no like, uh, there's no door lock on it or anything to hold it in place. It just kind of swings open. So that was the only time where it freaked me the heck out. And she's like, see, you were messing with the ghost. Now he's messing with you. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, ghost. I'm gonna be here all week. You know, I won't mess with you anymore. So I didn't mess with the ghost the rest of the week, but yep, that's my, uh, that's my only ghost story right there. So I have two takeaways from that story. Yeah, what's that? Uh, first takeaway is who pronounces foyer foyer? Uh, I'm just I'm just not as fancy. Just not fancy like Ulysses. Little thing I learned: uh, Ulysses has his own podcast, the Wedding Photo Podcast. I was a guest on it this past week. It's a two-part episode, so there's a episode this past couldn't, Sunday, couldn't and there'll be one next week. All of you as well. into one episode. Yeah, yeah. I need to lose some weight, but I mean, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> Um, and I found out while recording with Ulysses that his brother is also an architect. So people, people in the know architecturally call it a foyer. Arrogant sons of bitches. That's right. Um, That's me. <laughs> anyways. Um, second takeaway is, uh, 
Sounds like Ulysses is a bit of a bully. Uh, you know, kind of bullying these ghosts around. And then finally, the the ghosts, you know, they, they're like, enough is enough, Ulysses. We're going to show you. You're, you're going to have a little time out in this room right here, right now. Yeah, they put him in his place. <laughs> That's right. Does Ulysses mess with ghosts now? Not last I heard, no. That's right. That anti-bullying campaign they ran on his ass worked pretty well. <laughs> anti-bullying campaign. Not you know, it's not right to bully, no matter what your spiritual plane of existence is. No matter whether they're real or ethereal. Ethereal. I like that, Stephen. Ethereal. Ethereal. Kind of like Ethereum. The currency of ghosts. Invest now. All right. So our next one comes from Stephanie. Last name withheld. Mm. This one is a, this one's a little bit more heartfelt. So Stephanie writes in to say. At my grandmother's funeral, my brother put an invitation to his wedding in her casket. A number of days before his wedding, I had a very realistic dream about the wedding. In my dream, as I was going down the aisle as a bridesmaid, I walked past my grandmother and she leaned over and caught my attention. She said, let everyone know I am here. That shit gives me goosebumps. I, yeah, no, I have goosebumps reading this right now, too. So then she says, two days before his wedding, I decided to tell my family about my dream. I hadn't told them before because I didn't want to upset anyone with my silly dream. I'd never been in the church before. When I got to the church, I realized that it looked exactly like it did in my dream. That was really freaky. During the ceremony, there was a big gust of wind that blew open the doors, which resulted in rose petals that were on the aisle swirling around. Roses were my grandmother's favorite flowers. She was definitely there that day. So weird. Yeah. No, I, I love that story because it's, uh, it's a bit more heartwarming than most most of the ghost stories you hear. Um, most of the time it's like a, like a bride he, who died like or something. He- yeah. Like Ulysses bullying ghosts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ulysses with his fists up trying to fight ghosts, yeah. They, they do call him Ulysses the ghost fighter del Toro. <laughs> Until he got locked up in a room. Now he's Ulysses friendly ghost finder del Toro. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Who's out there... You know, fighting poltergeists, and now he's just looking for a Casper. Got to find that best friend. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Dustin, we have another call-in. Oh. This call-in comes from a very special person. Okay, okay, go on. My wife. What? Yeah. yeah. Um, so What's her name? What's her name? Th- this Jennifer Van Elk. Stop it. This one's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, though. Lighthearted romp down in Louisville, we'll say. Ooh, does it involve chicken? I wish. So there is a hotel in Louisville, Kentucky called the Seelbach. Um, For some reason, when my friend and I went down to Louisville, we decided to get into ghost stories. I think it was probably because she had just stayed in this hotel couple weeks back 
and she said, I just got a really eerie, eerie feeling when I was in this hotel and I was like, oh, I bet it's haunted. So I did a search and I found out that there is an actual ghost story about the Seelbach Hotel. The ghost is known as the Lady in Blue. There's many stories that about the Lady in Blue, but I think the most famous one is that um, on her wedding day, she was having her wedding at the Seelbach and she found out that her fiance had been killed in a car accident um, out of sheer mourning and terror. She just couldn't imagine her life going on without him. So she committed suicide by throwing her body down the elevator shaft. <laughs> it's very, very morbid. I love it. <laughs> so it is known by the locals that she haunts this hotel. And a lot of the staff have seen weird, eerie things happen in the hotel. Well, um, after a few drinks, after a Bruno Mars concert, my friend and I decided to visit the Seelbach. When we went up to the doorman, you're only supposed to go in there if you have a room there. So we kind of lied and said, oh, we just we're going back in. We forgot our purses. We'll come back down. And then we went into the bar. You lied. I, we did. OK, but it was just a little tiny lie. So we sat down at the bar. Uh, we had a couple drinks. Um, this wonderful brother and sister came down and we were still talking about these ghost stories. And they're they were like, oh. We heard you talking about ghost stories about this place. And they sat down with us and they were telling us about all the crazy things that they heard about the place. And we started to get a little, we were both a little tipsy. So we're so excited. We pull, we bring the bartender over and she, she comes over and starts chatting with us about the stories that she had. And she's like, I had a m more recent thing happen to me during a wedding uh, or cleanup for a wedding reception it was very very late in the night all the guests have left the couple has left and she was cleaning up these tables um putting away the silverware the glasses and her uh the the rest of the staff was cleaning up other things um and all of a sudden the lights start to flicker but the sheer horror on her face I knew she was dead serious about this story. She's like, the lights started to flicker. I will never go back in that room again. She said that all of a sudden, the doors start opening and closing really, really, really fast. And she's like, guys, stop it. Stop it. So she goes to the door to open it to while it's still shaking, it's moving like open, close, open, close, open, close. She grabs the door, rips it open to find no one there. Absolutely no one there. That got me excited for ghost hunting. <laughs> I, instead of being like, let's get the hell out of here, I was like, let's go find a ghost. So um, I gather my new friends from San Francisco and uh, one of my very best girlfriends and we went ghost hunting. I <laughs> snuck around like a seven-year-old pretending to be a spy. And I <laughs> went to this, um, we actually got information of where the ballroom was that it happened. And we tried to get in there because I wanted, I was like dead set to see a ghost that night. This sounds like the beginning of a made-for-TV movie. <laughs> um, I like 
trying like try to shake the door open. I was like, ghost, please just let us in. I just want to see you. <laughs> and unfortunately the ghost wouldn't unlock the door, did not want to be seen that night. But I will tell you this, nothing, never felt anything weird there, but we went down in the wine cellar and oh my gosh, was that place super freaking creepy. I did not want to be there. That there was a very, very bad energy in that place. Was the bad energy like because it was maybe like cooler and damp a little bit? Not at all. Actually, I felt what like fire from the pits of hell. Okay, yeah, it was probably really good for the wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should have good feelings. There's wine everywhere. There's also that's also a ballroom that they use for for events and for weddings. And the so wine cellar. there's a wine cellar and then like the basement theater ballroom. Anyway, we didn't find a ghost. I was pretty disappointed, um, but I definitely want to go back and stay at the Seelbach and hopefully get to see the lady in blue. That makes one of us in this relationship. We are staying there. there. I actually just booked us a room for oh Halloween gosh, nights. No, 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 no. no. 313. Yeah, Room 313. Halloween night. Thank you so much, Jennifer. You're welcome. So I think what we learn from both of our call-ins is that ghosts really like doors. Dustin, I think uh, if, if we can go back in time, it sounds like Jen's ghost locked her out of the room to keep her from going in. If she had just maybe insulted the ghost a few times like Ulysses did, then the ghost would have unlocked the doors after a few seconds and sent her sprawling on her ass. Yeah. She was so close to a ghost story. So, so close. Yeah, just miss it out. Next she, time. she could just insult the ghost a little more. Um, doesn't, we're back with another much more heartwarming story. Yes, yes. My turn. This one comes from, this one comes from Michelle Warren, also from a Facebook group, Not Our Own. Dustin, do you want to read Ooh. this one? This is a, what I like to call a rogue story. Where should we say Michelle is from? Maybe Bosnia or maybe Lithuania? What do we, you know, South America? What are we going with on this one? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, America. America. Oh, okay. America it yeah. is. That's easy. Easy enough. I think I've been there. Heard about it. So. My father-in-law passed away on March 10th last year. We got married on May 4th. Yes, we have a Star Wars wedding. Before the wedding in the Jewish religion, we go and we visit our loved ones that have passed at their grave sites. Greg and I went and we visited our aunts, uncles, grandparents, and what have you, as well as our father. We asked our aunts and uncles if they all band together and bring dad with them to our wedding. When I got to the wedding, I went to the room to get ready. So, so just and to clarify, they asked yeah, their so aunts and uncles who have passed away if oh. they could all band together and bring uh, their father to the wedding because they're uh, upset yeah. that the father won't be at the wedding because he passed away. I was taking that as they ban asking living aunts and uncles if they could bring the body of her father. Mm -hmm. Yes. With, yes. With no, them. that would have been really <laughs> creepy and weird. That's why I just continue to speed on by that. <laughs> I was like, where is this going? I need to get to the end and know how it goes. All right. All right, we asked our aunts and uncles if they could all band together and bring dad with them to our wedding. 
When I got to the wedding, I went into the room to get ready, and a little gray mouse came out of the fireplace. And at first, I was a little scared because, well, you know, it's a mouse. But then I had a very calming feeling that stayed with me all day. If I ever get my wedding photos, I have pictures of the kids playing with the mouse and trying to feed it. When I went from the room I was getting ready in to walk down the aisle, the mouse followed me. And after we got married and went from the ceremony back to the other room for 10 minutes for some peace and quiet, the mouse followed us there as well. I'm 100% sure it was dad and all our other loved ones banded together to come spend the day with us. This was my mother-in-law and father-in-law's condo building, very hoity-toity. They have never, ever, ever seen a mouse in the building before, and the mouse did not leave my side all day. So, Stephen, with that being said, with that glorious story being read by me truly, my yours truly, sorry, um, yeah, no, dude, I kind of love that story. Like the, the mouse, do the you, ghost mouse. Do you want to know why you love this story, Stephen? Why is You want to know why this story touches your heart so much? Is it because my dad passed away before my wedding and I wish that he had been there? No, Stephen, I'm so sorry to burst your bubble, but that... Because, I mean, if you wanted to make me cry on the podcast, you could, you could press into that right now. I, I wish, Stephen, with all fibers of my being, I could... But unfortunately, Michelle, I have to tell you this. Your dad's a wizard. <laughs> he's a wizard that's on the run, and he's been hiding out as a mouse this entire time. Michelle's going to listen to this, and she's going to be very upset that you just compared her father to Peter Pettigrew, the traitor. Hey, hey, you compared to Peter. I'm just saying he's an anamorphous. Anamagus. <laughs> Animagus. <laughs> I was close. I was proud enough of myself for being that close there, to the word. There was word. a book series called Animorphs. It was about humans that morphed into animals. See, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay, he could be an animorph. <laughs> Came into contact with some Andalites. Yeah. Touched the blue cube. <laughs> Ipso facto, he's an animorph. Read those too, Steve. Can't get any of that sci-fi fiction past me. So this this last one, it's short. It's from Janine she is a wedding photographer and she was shooting at a venue that the staff believes to be haunted. There was a charter ship that sunk less than 200 yards from the ballroom and 30 people died. The recovered bodies were brought into this venue as a makeshift hospital slash morgue. So there were dead bodies and then there were people who were injured who some of them died in here. Now, this photographer, Janine, shows up to shoot a wedding. And while she's shooting the night before at the rehearsal dinner, she captures photos of a ghost standing in the middle of the rehearsal dinner. She took a bunch of photos. Most of them are just normal. But then there's like one where there's like this weird kind of light, which kind of looks like it could just be flash bouncing off like a, a nearby window or maybe like a car passing outside and like glare coming in. Mm-hmm. And I was, so like I, I, I vetted these photos and I was like, nah, nah, like, nah, I don't believe that. And then she posts another one a little bit later in this Facebook group 
and there's like this weird white ghostly looking alien staring out of a picture <laughs> on one of the sides and there's like other photos where there is no weird white ghostly alien in the picture and I was like oh oh so this place is haunted <laughs> yeah but um I did not get the location where the uh the haunted rehearsal place was but it is somewhere out on the East Coast, I believe in Maine. A lot of spooky stories up and down the East Coast, I feel like. Yeah, a lot of people killed. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it all comes down to. You got Why brides catching fire Midwest. and falling off steps and people getting yeah. killed. Um, Dustin, do you want to do some Q&A? Hold on, Steve. Let me think about it. Uh, carry the I, up the T, cross the L, move X to Y. Let's do it. Let's do some Q&A. But, but Steve. Dustin, Kyle from a Facebook group asks, I think my camera is possessed. Haunted? Oh, exercise that exorcism. When I look through the viewfinder, everything looks normal. And most pictures during the day turn out normal. But sometimes when it's dark, some of the people in the pictures have demon eyes. What should I do? Um, immediately stop shooting on Canon. That's <laughs> kind of the first strategy there. Um, and then immediately, immediately switch to Sony. That's, that's it? <laughs> but don't shoot under really cheap LED lighting, as we discovered last weekend. Because you're going to get some banding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did that happen to you last weekend, bud? Yeah, we had a DJ with really cheap uplighting, and we were shooting video. And um, I shouldn't say a DJ. I think the venue provides these uplights. And they also mounted these uplights on the ceiling to spot the head table with, which was the true problem. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we caught it early on and moved them to the dance floor and lit them with our own lighting for toasts. But um, yeah, the LED, the banding on the couple from the uh, the first like father's welcome toast thing uh, was pretty pretty apparent. So I'm not I I need to dive deeper into this Sony banding LED mirrorless issue thing. Mm-hmm. Is it a pretty common problem, buddy? It is, from what I hear. Man, that sucks. Sorry. It's okay. But back to the question at hand, Dustin. Oh, sorry. Back Demonized. to the possessed, possessed camera. Yeah. Oh, might be time, Kyle, to buckle on up and go to your local camera priest <laughs> and splash some holy water up on that sensor of yours. You know, give it a good once over with a couple Hail Marys. Rizzle some, uh, some. I believe I believe in the camera camera church world. Those are Hail Manfredos, right? Hail Manfredo. Mm-hmm. Three times, please. Hail Manfredo. And the rosaries, their um, their necklaces with just like a bunch of little uh, images of cameras and lenses on them. I believe they're crushed ND filters, Stephen. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Crushed by Egyptian monks that were making Zeiss lenses. <laughs> That's, a, that's what I believe Zeiss lenses are made from, is Egyptian monks. And the holy water is the um, tears of, of canon photographers after they get back and see that all their photos are blurry. Yes. I just thought the 51.2 would make everything better. 
Everything. Everything. One out of 100 photos. Uh, I can't take it. The autofocus motor uh, in our 51.2 died again. Gotta send it back uh, in. Yeah, not happy yeah, about my, that. The mount for my 70-200 broke off last week. <laughs> On your Nikon? Sony. Sony. Oh man, how'd that happen? Did you drop that? Oh, I think it's, uh, I think my video guys are doing chin-ups on it when it's on the tripod or something. <laughs> you know. At least they didn't strip the, uh, the tripod. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those chin-ups, they, they can be difficult. Mm. Um, so you, you've got the holy water, you've, you've got the rosary, you've got the Hail Marys. Um, doesn't, how do you exercise a demon out of your camera? Easy, Steve. First, what, you gotta, you gotta take that holy water, you gotta take that lens off, and you gotta just dump all that holy water straight into the into the camera there you really want to mix it around you want to get all that demon out then once you get that demon out put it straight on the sensor yep that's where the demon lives steven but just in case it's been hiding in where the battery is make sure you get some in there and then you mean you're better off just getting new batteries at that point no, I think maybe just drop the the batteries in the holy water too. So then, once you once you do that, then you're gonna take those those rosary beads made out of crushed Zeiss lenses, and you're gonna sprinkle that crushed glass into your camera sensor from those rosary beads, and then you're gonna really give it a good firm shake. Is that how rosary beads work? There's crushed things inside of them. Steven, this is an exorcist rules change okay we're not just praying here we're releasing spiritual entities okay come okay. on steven <laughs> which one of us went to private school and you live yeah. in a very very catholic city so i mean you would exactly. be the one who knows i know i just cured a werewolf last week oh wow more on that next week and so let's see then once you do that you say your your hail manfrotto's you put the lens back on you're good to go good to go kyle Mm-hmm. And then maybe you stop being a photographer and become a florist because it tends to work for most. Mm, yeah, yeah. Not not very many demon possessed flowers out there. Nope. I mean, my my advice for for Kyle is maybe um maybe the camera is not possessed because if stop if 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 this effect isn't really happening in the daytime but only at night um. Kyle, maybe you you have a, a flash that's possessed. Or, or how about this little ditty? Maybe Kyle's just being booked by satanic couples with demon friends, and all of the guests. Oh, and their demon eyes only show in the moonlight. <laughs> Kyle, do you live on the East Coast? Kyle, are these people maybe transitioning from their human form to their werewolf form in front of you, and you're just missing it? All you capture are the eyes. What's ironic and funny about this story is it actually reminds me of a uh, scenario or situation that occurred when I was kind of, uh, I had a job at a wedding studio in Chicago and I was working for like an old school photographer who was very into like the on-camera flash at the couple or like at the people mm-hmm. when you're shooting and, and I was very much... Too. And I was very much uh, of the mindset of a bounce flash. Mm-hmm. And I would show him my photos and he'd be like, ah, you need that catch light in the eyes or they look like demons. <laughs> so kind of 
made me, you know, realize uh, I needed to up my flash power to give a little bit more fill on their faces <laughs> so that I didn't have those dark eyes like demons, Kyle. I, I assumed by demon eyes he meant red eyes, but I mean, <laughs> completely black eyes with no, no white iris. That's good, too. I like that. I, yeah, that's what I assumed Kyle meant because I used to just put my power up just enough to give, you know, some fi- enough fill that you could tell who it was. Then I just crank my shadows in Lightroom. <laughs> and then uh, I've, this was like 10 years ago, Stephen. I just want to preface that. And yeah. And he was like, I can't see the whites of their eyes. They look like demons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would have thought the shadow cranking would have uh, helped out with seeing the whites of their eyes. Uh, yeah, but I was showing him, like, the back of my camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he was seeing, like, the raws. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was just looking at you like, oh, jeez, another shadow cranker. Ugh. Another demon catcher is what I said to him. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And a huge thanks to Alicia Semrock, Ulysses Del Toro, Jennifer Van Alk, Stephanie Last Name Withheld, Michelle Warren, and Janine for all of their awesome stories that they wrote in with. And a special thanks to Dustin, my number one co-host. Thank you so much for tuning in to a haunted episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Hangover. Dustin's on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben and Steven's at Steven Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. If you really want to warm our hearts, head on over because our hearts are ghostly cold. Head on over to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. That's like a pack of gum every month. Some people do listen to podcasts like Rachel Blankenship. And can I just say, Rachel, the fact that this was the first review you ever left for our dear podcast warms Stephen and I's heart. And I I just have to read this sweet, tender, loving review. The first review you ever left review. for a podcast or for our podcast? This is a big difference I there. would like... I would I would like to read into this, Stephen, that this is the first review she's left for anything. You know, Tinder, Uber, <laughs> Podcasts, Wedding Wire, you know, the favorite shoe shop she goes to to get her shoe shined. I don't know, but this, according to her title of her review, is the very first podcast or anything as far as I'm concerned, review she's ever made. See, I was hoping it was the very first review of our podcast she's made, and then she created like 20 other accounts and gave us 20 more five-star reviews. Steven, I I cannot say, you know, she did or she didn't. Um, All I can do is read what she did say. Okay, Steven? Sounds good. Uh, Rach uh, went on to say things like this. Every time I'm driving a long drive, to or from a wedding, I think about what I'm going to say in a review I want to write. The review I'm writing right now. This Damn, is my 
favorite podcast. And favorite, might I add, is all capital. Even though when I first started listening to it, I felt a little bit awkward when Steve was kind of mean to Dustin. His best friend in the whole world. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to listen. But then I would hear Dustin giggling quietly or perhaps holding back tears. (laughs) I think she's reading into that. I think you were angry. (laughs) And I knew everything was going to be okay. (laughs) They totally balance each other out and the dynamic between them is great. And sometimes they like my Instagram post, which makes me pretty happy too. Like, I finally made it or something. Anyway, I love how Steve goes off on his Mission Impossible-like rants, and by the end I'm laughing, wondering what the hell, but I love every minute. Anyway, listen to this podcast, the end. I'm going to go ahead and click, was this review helpful? Yes. Super helpful. Me, one of the people on the podcast. (laughs) Anyways, Rach, blank and ship, thank you so much for your kind words. I'm going to go cry a little bit over here, or perhaps I'm giggling. It's hard to tell. No, he's just staring really angrily at me. This is so awkward. This is what our podcast is really <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, all right. Dustin, it is late. Well, it's been great. we got to record tomorrow night for the the our next episode uh which hoping everything goes right with the audio tomorrow night uh we're sitting mm. down with the guys from the snapping to do an episode with them they're gonna be our very special guests sounds like it's gonna be snapping good night dustin that might be the wrong podcast i'm referencing i don't know <laughs> good night steve bye Can we just say, though, how unfortunate it is to have the last name, last name withheld? I just can't imagine situations that she must find herself in where, you know, imagine school, for example, um, or she's at the DMV at the License Bureau, and they're like, um, excuse me, I'm just your first name. And she's like, Stephanie. And she's like, last name? Um, last name withheld. Uh, no, this isn't one of those liberal situations where you don't get to say your last name. Come on, what is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's last name withheld. No, I need to know your last name. Let's see. Uh, it's for your driver's license. <laughs> it's, uh, it's last last name withheld. See, I love this because uh, you don't listen to the flop house, so you don't know that when they do email, they always say last name withheld for the last name. And it's like a running joke that that's everybody's last name is last name withheld. So this is making me so happy that you don't know any of this, but you fell into the same joke. I'm so proud of you, Dustin. A big thanks to Darren Curtis for the spooky atmospheric music used in the opening of this episode, licensed under Creative Commons 3.0. All other music used in this episode from the public domain or Creative Commons, no attribution required. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!